0: One, two, okay. Kids lessons are better if you don't break the microphones. And this one's going to be a podcast, I think, after. I was supposed to go down my back. That didn't go well. <laughs> Just tie this around my waist and it'll look normal. Uh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We are starting a brand new sermon series. I'm excited about this sermon series. We're going to take a look at faith in the book of Luke. And I'm excited because faith has so many nuances to it normally when you think of faith, I mean, if you look in the book of Hebrews, it says faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's pretty straightforward, right? That's not too confusing. Or if you think about, uh, as a kid, how did you understand faith? How did your parents explain it? Usually the time, well, my parents would say trust, right? So then when I was a kid, it takes me back. This will take me right back to Mount Olive Lutheran grade school when I had to sing. Uh, I don't know what kind of grade school life you had, but I had to learn hymn verses. So did anyone learn this hymn? I am trusting... This is gonna date me now because I'm gonna say the, I am trusting the Lord Jesus. I should have started lower. The Lord, I'll start lower. I am trusting the Lord Jesus, trusting only the, trusting the for full salvation, great and free. Right? That's that's it. Right? Trust. This is faith. This is what makes sense. Um, apparently, no one else learned that song besides me. But this, was, this is what faith meant. You trust things, and then we'd do, like, trust falls. I remember going to a camp one year, and they said, this is what faith is like, and then they lined us up. They had a picnic table. They lifted up, and you had to go backwards and just close your eyes, and then they had all these guys that would catch you, and then you had this sense. There's this trust that I'm going to be okay. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense, uh, but there's some nuances to faith, and what does faith mean as a Christian? Because we ultimately have faith in a lot of things, and to talk through this, we're going to be looking in the book of Luke at some real nuanced type things. But the first one, uh, this was our reading actually last week. The first one I want to look at is How I Built This. So does anyone, there's, when I say this is my favorite podcast, and, and what I mean by that is the only podcast I listen to with any regularity, is there anyone who listens to How I Built This with Guy Ross? This is my absolute favorite. Like, I, I pretend like I don't really love it, and then I, I started with businesses I recognized, and then I started at, like, Southwest Airlines and things like that, and I made my way, made my way to... Um, uh, like Starbucks coffee, You're, what they're talking about is they're meeting with the founder, and they're they're kind of going through this ride that the person went through from what we know as success, so we know Starbucks is doing well in general, so you, you start at the beginning, and you get to go through this ride, and it's somewhat fascinating, super fascinating, and some of the products I'd never heard of, like all bird shoes, so I listen to this story, they're wool shoes from this guy, I think out of New Zealand, he was on the New Zealand professional football team, or a uh, but it is football there. So football soccer team. And uh, he had this idea for these shoes, and he wanted to take the merino wool from there. So he made these shoes, and, like, they became popular. So what happens? I listen to the podcast, and I I buy the shoes. This is exactly what happens. So this happens with a lot of the products. That it is so compelling to hear their story. You, like, you root for them. So, like, Boom Chicka Pop popcorn. That one's super funny when you hear this couple from Minnesota. They, it's, I mean, it takes me right back. I'm from the Midwest. Just an amazing story about a teacher and his wife that, like overspent, that stretched all their credit cards to buy a uh, kettle corn popping machine. And then they tell these stories. You're like, wow, was it success right away? And they're like, oh no, not at all. It was not. And then they get their friends to volunteer. They get people to go along the ride. And there's these ups and downs, the men's warehouse, all these things. And this is all it is. It is Guy Raz. Talk, this is Howard Schultz right there. I met Howard Schultz uh, a number of years ago. By met, I meant I was in the same Starbucks that he was, the original Starbucks, while he was tasting coffee. Everyone freaked out. I'd never heard of the guy, so they're all lined up these coffees, and he's doing like... And everyone's like, whoa, do you know who that is? I'm like, no. <laughs> so that's what he is. It was Howard Schultz. He was hanging out uh, right in the same place. So guy, they actually do this live. This has become so popular that they go around the country and they fill theaters. The Paramount Theater is now has... This is coming in November... If you want to go, tickets are the lowest. Tickets were about forty dollars, I think, after fees. So I proposed this to my wife. Hey, do you want to go listen to uh, how I built this podcast at the Paramount Theater? It's only like eighty dollars. She said no. So, so this was not. I realized this isn't quite as compelling as like real theater or real entertainment, but. Uh, And for 10 cents, I can listen to the the recorded version of it, I'm sure, like in a couple months. So this is what, this is kind of the feel. And there's a reason I think this is compelling for me personally. And you tell me if this makes sense. Um, This is the second church I had a chance to start. And the first, when you go through that, when they describe like the emotional weight, uh, when they describe all the risk, when they describe like the failure and the disappointment, and thinking like a door was going to open and be closed, and, you know, thinking here it is, it's gonna happen, and, and having all these challenges, and then slowly see like a light at the end of the tunnel, it felt like, when I, whenever I listen to it, it feels like my life just in a little bit different terms. And I'm wondering if it's the same thing for you, because we live in an area where a lot of you have taken challenges to get to where you're at today. Um, is anyone born in Castle Rock, Colorado? My kids weren't, no, my kids weren't even born here, nobody? We don't have, seriously, we have one? We have one. All the others in Rock Kids, that was to help my illustration, to make it seem. Um, So there's not a whole lot. So in order for you to get where you you are today, you had to take some risk. And in order to like kind of take this step and live where you live and have the job where you have, uh, unless you had like zero job prospects, when you take a job, you're saying, I'm going to take a risk, I'm going to try this out, and I'm going to have faith in what? So let's back up a little bit. When they start these businesses, every single one of them has faith, but what do they have faith in? I've never heard anyone say, like, I have faith that God is going to bless my effort. But what do they have faith in? Yeah, their own efforts. I mean, there's a sense that I'm going to work harder than anybody else, right? So I'm going to do this. Um, They have faith in other things, they have faith that their idea is so good that that makes sense that says you know what this is we're going to go through ups and downs but this is so good uh, this is what we're going to do sometimes they have faith that just having their own business is so much better than having a real job that they think it's worth it so i listened to the the podcast on uh, the guys who started the business uh, what's it called life is good does anyone have a life is good t-shirt we probably don't vacation to the beach enough but if you go to the vacation on the beach there's this guy named jake he's got a name even he's got sunglasses you're just pumped that they named a figure after you, nice. So he has sunglasses on, he's supposed to be super cool and super chill, and it says life is good. It is a hundred million dollar company, who would have ever guessed that? And so I was so annoyed, it's these two brothers, I'm like, this is gonna be the dumbest story I've ever heard, but I'm gonna listen to it. It was fascinating, these guys so did not want to have a real job, that they hucked t-shirts at college campuses for five years, and they're like, did you do well? And they're like, oh no. We'd sell like, maybe they go to a fair all day, they'd sell like 10 t-shirts until this idea, life is good, that t-shirt came out, then they started to sell more and more and more. Sometimes you, you see, so you, you buy these products, some products you don't want to buy ever again just because it was so annoying to listen to the person, Stacy's Pita Chips, and sometimes, I'm sure she's nice, but I, I couldn't even finish it. It was, it was not a very inspiring one. But some, and it haven't quite got me to push to the other edge. Is anyone, I, I, I listened to the guy who started Tofurky, you know what this is? So this is like a mix between tofu and what is that? Like when you, they mold so, soybeans, what's that stuff called? And they slice it. Um, I just, tempeh, tempeh, there we go. So it's some kind of mix between tofu and tempeh. Sounding good already, right? <laughs> tofu and tempeh. And they make these turkey-like products. With, it's got eight legs as any tofurkey would. And so it is so inspiring. I, I almost thought about buying one because it's sold around. <laughs> Amy's saying no. Don't go to live shows and don't buy a Tofurky. Okay, got it. Got it. I'm good. So this is all this, this thing that compels and moves forward, but I think they, they have to have faith in something. They're going to work harder, that their product is so good. They have faith that they have a solution to make people's life better, that it is worth, like, all the risk involved. So my guess is, though, that some of this resonates. It resonates to me because of the risk involved to start a church. It is way easier, if you haven't figured that out, to just go be a pastor at a church like you show up and you're like, how do you do things? Like, churches on Sunday, got it. Uh, there's Bible class, mm hmm. And these are all things I was trained to do, and that would not be that hard. But now they say, there's nothing there, go figure it out. And I think this is where it, it starts to connect with you when you start talking about faith. There is something in you that said, um, there's something battling this faith, but what's the opposite of faith? If you're just trying to think, what's the opposite? I mean, you could say, like, not trusting. But there's a sense of fear, right? And so each of these entrepreneurs, as they go out, I'll only say that word once because I'm not going to get it right the next time. Each of them go out and they say, okay, I am trusting that when I make this product and I start this business, things are going to go well. But at the same time, there's this fear that it's going to just be an utter disaster. right? They're going to trust that, People are going to love what they did. And then there's obviously this fear that says the first time if you've ever started a business, I know some of you had, and you're super excited, is there a fear that people are going to look at it and go, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen? Sure, right? There's a fear that when you come back home, after you start this business, and you say to your, your wife, you know, while you were gone at work, like the guys for Boom Chicka Pop, I spent $12,000 on our credit cards to buy a, a what's it called? A, I was going to say caramel corn. Kettle corn, yeah, by this kettle corn machine that your wife's not going to leave you, right? I mean, there's this sense that this is what's going to happen. So there's this fear smashing against this idea that says, I'm trusting, I have faith that it's actually going to overcome that fear. So if you'd say what could overcome your fears, I think we come down to faith. So this is really how this is totally connected when we talk about uh, Luke chapter 12. The section before this, Jesus is talking about being generous with your money and it comes down to this section. Why this isn't apparently it's spilled over everything. If you can hit the next slide, there's not too many today. Um, so do not be afraid Jesus says. And why why are we actually ever afraid? This is a this is a phrase that comes up all the time in the Bible. When you talk about fear, fear is like kind of one of the main things. And we think, let's just start at the beginning and the end. So we'll go right to the end of the Bible. If you've read Revelation right recently, Revelation chapter 1, John shows up and he, he sees Jesus and his holiness and he goes right to the ground. And Jesus talks to him and he says, if you can hit the next slide. Uh, when I saw him, this is John talking, I fell at his feet, Jesus' feet, as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. It's really, stop being afraid. On the first and the last, on the Alpha Omega. So let's go to the beginning. So now just think through what you know as beginning in the book of Genesis. So you start and God creates all the world. God's doing all the talking. Let there be light and you know, let the animals and let the seeds, and it goes all the way through. But then we get to Adam and Eve, and everything is great. What do they know about God at this point? Like they're first created. They know that God is God, that God has created the world, and they know that God brings punishment if you disobey. That's like rule number one, right? God says, okay, you can eat this tree, don't eat this tree, or there's going to be a problem. Like, that's what they know about God, but does it say anything about them being afraid? Like, you know police officers can bring punishment, but are you afraid of all police officers? That's a trick question. Right? Okay, so you're driving your car. Okay, how about this? You're driving with my grandfather, who would go 45 no matter what, the speed limit was 45 in town on the highway 45 miles an hour he'd ride his buick apparently it only had one setting and he would just go 45 miles an hour on the highway would i be afraid if i saw police lights behind my grandfather no he's going 45 miles an hour he's not getting pulled over i mean he's not people are honking and he lives south of chicago so you can imagine what kind of gestures were given to us have a have a great day have an a1 day but then in town, if I saw the same lights in Crete, Illinois, and at the speed limit in Crete, it's got to be like 25 miles an hour, and we and see the lights, what would I think? Oh, Grandpa's getting pulled over. This is not good. So, when are you actually afraid, even though you know there's punishment that comes? You are uh, in class, so we got some students here. You're in class, when are you afraid when the teacher walks around? When you're cheating. That's when you're afraid. Right, And you can see this. I teach Latin once a week and I have 200 kids and I give them a quiz and then I see kids do this. There's no kids in here so I'm not giving anything away. They sit on their desk. They're the worst cheaters of all time. So this is all you, is all you would have to do. If you wanted to cheat, you would take the answers, you'd put them right on your desk like this and you would just go like this and you would write them down. Instead, they go like this. I'm like... Put it away. They're like, "What?" I'm like, "Why? Why is it? that?" That's that's when we have fear. They know the teacher can bring punishment, but why do they do that when they're doing something wrong? And so Adam and Eve recognized everything is fine. They're not afraid of God. God can bring punishment, and their whole life is going to change. But when do they become afraid? They become afraid when they sin, and they did exactly what God said they should not do. And then what are Adam's first words? God says, "Why are you hiding?" And he said, "I was afraid." That's why i was afraid speed ahead to the beginning of the new testament what do the angels say as they appear and holiness appears before zachariah and mary the angel says essentially this is a, um, a present command do not be afraid but i think a better way to translate it is stop being afraid the angels show up to all the shepherds right they have these manly shepherds who are hanging out in the field and they show up and the holiness is before them. they say stop being afraid why because they recognize that their own sin has changed the way that they see God and there's this utter terror that says that destruction can come to me. The thing that takes away fear when we say faith, the thing that takes away fear is this recognition of knowing that, uh, th- that the result is going to be better than you think. So I think the m- two things that take away fear. One is you know what's coming. So why, if you've ever listened to How I Built This, it's very much like a Disney movie. And I mean that, have you ever watched a Disney movie where you're afraid the ending is gonna be really catastrophic? Ever? You're watching, you're like, oh no, I think the princess is probably gonna die. I mean, Snow White, like, (laughs) Sleeping Beauty, she's dead for all, you know, you're like, nope, she's done. So much, I bet she'll never find the prince. Like, this is gonna be a tragic story. I mean, is anyone ever worried about that? So you can take your kids and you can watch the movie and you're like, it's fine, it's fine. Frozen was a little bit tricky, but I mean, the rest of them, you're like, it's fine, it's fine. Still have traumatic things after Hans or whatever his name was. So, I mean, this is part of it, but that's exactly how I built this is, right? When they interview, they start, and we already know the end. When they say, we're going to interview the person who founded Starbucks, you're not like, ooh, I wonder if it turns out okay, Right, no matter what, Howard Schultz is talking about how bad it got for a while, and you're like, Ooh, I don't know, this is scary, pretty scary. Or boom, chicka pop, they don't hire and they don't talk about the people who start Enron, right? Like, <laughs> this is this is not how it goes, right? This is not the Exxon Valdez driver, you know. This is not who we're we're we already know the end in mind, and so when you know the end in mind, you don't have to be afraid. And as Christians, when we talk about fear, and that's where we're going to get to in faith, you already know the end. Again and again, the scriptures say you do not stop being afraid because I'm going to tell you the end. The end is that through faith in Christ and what he has done and that he went to the cross and he took on all our sin and poured it over himself that you are forgiven and you stand before him. But I think there's one other thing. I think we'd be missing something. We just thought the end. Because there are some things we know the end to. Right? A lot of things we know the end to. We know we're going to heaven. Done, right? Do you know how your job's going to turn out? you know how the move to come here i just talked to a family they're moving to oklahoma right is going to oklahoma do you know how that's going to turn out no you have no idea right so we don't know how all things god does not say if you move there everything's going to be fine like this is going to be fantastic god does not promise us that like when my daughter goes to college everything's going to be great she's not going to meet some dirtball and and, and you'll know, get married he does not promise that anywhere in the bible but I have faith, right? I, I raised her, right? So I have faith in myself that we did a good job. And I have faith that we did, you know, we did that. And you have faith that you're making a good decision. You moved here. Some of you did not have a job. And you move all the way to Colorado to a very expensive place to live. And you're just going to trust that God's going to get you a job. Do you get a job? Sometimes. So you have faith that you're going to work hard, you're harder than the next person. And you're going to get a job. And you're going to do super awesome. And you're going to do all these things. This is what Jesus is going to be talking about. And, but so Jesus is so worried. So worried that people get worried about all this peripheral stuff, and that's where you find your faith and your trust that this is what he talks about. If you can hit the next slide. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has pleased to give you the kingdom. And now this is what he's talking about if you can hit the next one. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Like that's not where your faith should be. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where a thief comes near, no moth destroys For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All these people that start businesses, it's fascinating. I've never heard one say that I just trusted God was going to look out for me. I never heard that. Um, But I hear they trust in their product. I hear they trust in their work. I hear they trust in their idea. I hear they trust, you know, in all these things. I think we are not all that different. I mean, when you made a move here, when you started a new business when you make a huge decision to get involved in a relationship, do you know in the back of your mind for sure some of it is just I trust my judgment I trust my own hard work, I trust this is going to happen, Jesus is so worried about that he says let's just put that aside, do not fear because I've given you the kingdom what does it mean to be given the kingdom let me tell you one story and we'll finish it up we said it's going to be a little bit shorter today um, my son is trying out for basketball he's give me the I love you eyes. Uh, so he's trying out for basketball He's been working really hard. Uh, so this is like some kind of select team, feeder team for the high school. And they select these kids, and they put them on these teams, and they play the other feeder teams for the high school. So if you have interest to play high school basketball, apparently, you have to get on one of these teams. And they have a couple different levels. So he's trying out for this team. He's been practicing. I said, hey, if you want to do this, you've got to practice. So I showed this video from some guy from Alabama. He's from the South. Super handles this guy's nickname. And he watches the videos, and he does the drills, and he's getting better and better and better. And so he gets ready for the the tryout yesterday. That was a two-day tryout. because Of course you need two days to determine if a 12-year-old can play basketball. So there's a two-day tryout. The coaches are all there from the high school. And he says, hey, Dad, what if I don't make it? So fear goes away when you know the future, right? If a coach would have called me and said, your son's good, all fear is gone. I don't know that. What do you tell your son when he's worried he's worked really hard, and you want to dispel all that fear, what do you tell him? You say it's going to be okay? What if he doesn't make it? And that's not okay. What do you tell him? You say to your son, I'm really proud of you for the work you put in, and no matter what happens, we love you, and you're perfectly accepted. You know, you're, it's all good. Why? Not because of the results but because someone says, I accept you. And if you want to know what drives out fear when we talk about as a Christian, it's some things we know the future about, but there's a whole lot of decisions you have made. You wake up tomorrow, you don't know how the day's going to go. And you have fear it's going to be a lousy day. You wake up tomorrow and you go to the doctor, you have no idea how that's going to go. And you say, okay, am I going to have cancer or not have cancer? You have no idea. You don't know if the radiation's going to work. You don't know if your relationship's going to be okay. You don't know if your kids are going to go off and you you face all kinds of temptation. You don't know any of that stuff. So when you know the future, there is no fear, but when you know that no matter what happens, we have a God who is holy and loving that says, I completely accept you and love you and forgive you, I think that changes the way you look at things. If you knew that you were going to be accepted no matter what you try, what kind of things would you try? What kind of boldness would you have? If you knew that no matter what you did you didn't have to fear about the results and coming back home and someone ro- rolling your eyes some of the stories you listen to in the podcast that are actually kind of moving is the story of not so much the person themselves going out on a limb but the fact that they come back and they said well, you know what i could have never done it without parents that were proud of me even though i was hucking t-shirts for five years in a van my dad would come back and say how'd it go right or parents that said i so believe in what you're trying to do i'm going to give you money you have a God that says, I so believe in you that I'm going to give everything I have. I've given you my kingdom. So let's go live like it. Amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you've given us truly everything. You've given us forgiveness. You've given us a future that we know. There's so many things on this earth we'd like to know what is happening. We just don't. And our, our, we get. Filled with fear and we try and dispel this fear with our own ability we try and dispel the fear with our own hard work we try and dispel the the fears by looking at all the things that we can do and we can make right but in the end that doesn't matter because with all our hard efforts things can still fail uh, and we still have to face you we still have to face the people we love we pray that uh, we know for certain a faith that says we know that we are accepted you say you are our father you call us our flock. And we pray that we can give that same kind of acceptance to the people in our life, the way that we can live this faith out and give boldness not only to us to live out our faith, but all those people that we have influence with, that we can give them a boldness to live out their faith. We ask this in your name.